Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Life and Limb podcast. My name is Chuck Anderson. This is episode seven of the show. Thanks for checking it out wherever you found it from, however you're listening. Just uh, glad to have you here. The music at the beginning of the show, as always, is the song Life and Limb by the band Fugazi. It's used with permission, so thank you, as always, to Ian Mackay, Fugazi, and Discord Records. I've had a couple of tweets and emails asking about the music, so I just want to make sure I always make it abundantly clear, um, especially in case this is your first time listening and you don't know what the music's from. Um, I talk a little bit about the uh, music on the website for the show, which is lifeandlimb.com. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to assume that anybody goes there, clicks the about and then finds exactly what it is. So, um, anyway, so that's that. Uh, and that, uh, and just, uh, so you know, that was the, actually the song that inspired the name of this show, Life and Limb. So it was awesome to actually eventually reach out to Fugazi and get their permission to use the song in the show itself. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, anyways, so the main reason, um, that I started Life and Limb besides to kind of just have fun, um, you know, was really to... Uh, have really interesting conversations, bottom line, you know, that was it for me, I wanted to start something that would spur on really interesting conversations, kind of as a, as a break from the constant Twitter, and Instagram ways that we tend to live. Um, And, you know, I know there's a ton of podcasts out there and stuff, but I wanted to do it in a way that um, was particularly interesting to me and talk to people who I found really interesting. And I was trying to sort of fill that void, because I wasn't finding a podcast that was talking to all, you know, this just types of people exactly that I wanted to hear. So, you know, when you, when you face a situation like that, you start something yourself. Um, and what that meant to me was just having no strings attached and talking to anybody I wanted and not really having to, you know, designate this show as an art and design podcast, you know, which would be very easy to do since that's the kind of the industry that I'm in. Um, and I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted to talk to anybody who inspires me, anybody who is interesting to me. And so that kind of is going to dictate the types of people who I have on the show over the course of it. And, uh, you know, on top of that, one of the coolest things to me is I realized right away, I'm going to be able to interview people who I'm very close to, my friends, um, people who are in my life, um, you know, on a very regular basis, who I've been friends with before I was working, you know, that I was childhood friends with or whatever, um, because they're all doing really interesting things now. And um, that's one of the people that I have on this show today. And that is Benjamin Edgar. And uh, Ben and I go way back. I'm, I'm 28 now. I think I've known Ben since I was 13 or 14. So I've known Ben, I would just say for about half my life at this point. And uh, Ben is just one of those guys who, you know, he, he's you know, like, I feel like everybody in, especially like junior high and high school, it's such an impressionable time. And everybody's got someone, I feel like, I, or at least I hope everyone had or has someone in their life um, who they look up to at that point, whether it's a, an older sibling, whether it's a teacher, a parent, a mentor, a friend, whatever. Um, and I had all those things, but it's different when there's someone that you know, who's a little, you know, a little older than you and you kind of see him at a distance, but you know him. And Ben was that guy for me. And Ben was always someone who I really looked up to, especially because, you know, in, in like high school and in, in, you know, early two thousands, um, he, you know, he was teaching himself how to code and program and use computers in a way that I didn't really know how to, or nobody else or that I knew at least knew how to. And I just thought that was really awesome. And he actually eventually took, um, all those skills that he had taught himself and turned it into a real job and he didn't go to college. And that was eventually the path I took. I, I used my talents and abilities from that I'd kind of developed in high school at a really super young age. And I graduated high school and I decided not to go to college. And Ben was kind of always the model um, for me with that, you know, looking at someone personally that I knew very well who didn't go to school and was able to find a lot of success. 
And um, it just meant a lot to me to have him see that in me. And it was around that time that him and I started talking more and more. And it just really, he became kind of the person who I would send my work to when I was working, you know, when I was doing stuff um, to bounce ideas off of. I trusted his opinion a lot. And um, he was just really, you know, meant a lot to me in that way that I could, you know, he was like this friend that I could send stuff to and he would give me his honest opinion about it. Um, eventually, Ben and I would be, were emailing so much that we kind of turned... Um, our emails, or at least that was the idea that we would turn our emails that we would send back and forth about art and design or the internet or music or whatever, um, into a website. And that was a website we launched in 2005 called thebrilliance.com. And, uh, it still exists today. Thebrilliance.com. We still write on there. I'll, I'll be it. Uh, you know, we don't write super frequently on there. We're, we're working on that, but, and the brilliance really, um, there's just so much story behind the brilliance. Um, and it was just, it led to so many awesome opportunities and, uh, just gave me and Ben an outlet to write and to interview people. And it was really those interviews that actually kind of inspired me to want to do this whole thing, this life and limb show and to actually have conversations with people. Cause we always just had so much fun interviewing people and whatnot. Um, anyways, uh, so Ben, you know, and did the brilliance with, with me and then Ben, uh, he does so many other things, you know, I don't even know where to begin. I guess you'll hear all about it in a little bit, but he works in fashion. Um, he uh, is a designer himself. Um, he just has an immaculate and elegant taste, very simple, uh, always reminds me to keep it simple. I feel like that's always kind of one of the main things I've learned from Ben is, you know, to edit and to take away more than you add uh, where possible. And, and I always think that's been one of his strongest, you know, points about himself in life. And um, he also is uh, responsible for creating boxed water. So if you've ever seen the white cartons that say boxed water is better on them, um, it was like the official water at Lollapalooza last year. It's kind of, you know, you can get it at gas stations all over the place. You can get it at grocery stores and boutiques and major cities and small towns and everything all over the place. Um, so that's really taken off. Um, Ben also is uh, on the board of fashion at Kendall College of Art and Design, and so he advises there and also works at a startup uh, funding company in Grand Rapids called uh, Start Garden, and he kind of advises and helps guide uh, new entrepreneurs or people who are kind of starting businesses and trying to get funding through Start Garden. He kind of is their uh, entrepreneur in residence and helps them sort of direct things when they have questions and all that, you know, and, and people just really trust him and trust his taste. And uh, anyways, but I guess just, you know, between all that stuff and my friendship with him, uh, I just had a really fun conversation uh, with Ben and I hope you'll enjoy it. It was definitely one of the ones I was looking forward to most and definitely one of the ones I had the most fun with so far. Um, so anyways, I uh, hope you'll enjoy it. Really excited about it. If you want to learn more about Ben before the show starts, you can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Edgar or uh, check out his site, BenjaminEdgar.com and uh, or check out some of the things he's written over the last several years on thebrilliance.com. So anyways, without further ado, my conversation with Benjamin Edgar, please enjoy. <laughs> uh, what's up, Ben? How's it going? I'm joined by Ben. What's up? <laughs> I'm good. What's going on with you, man? Oh, not much, not much. I've been looking forward to doing this one with you for a while, and this is really weird yeah. to be doing an interview with you on kind of like a, you know, uh, anything other than just like a private conversation, because, <laughs> yeah, who knows, who knows, but I mean, yeah. yeah. we'll try and, yeah, we'll try and be semi-professional, at, you know. <laughs> yeah. So as I'm, as I mentioned before, Ben and I have been friends for a really, really long time. And, uh, you know, we've, we, we go way back with lots of different things and, um, 
But one of our favorite things to do on the site that Ben and I uh, ran together and still do, uh, thebrilliance.com, when we do interviews with people was do this uh, kind of random question, 20 question type of thing. So Ben, we're going to start off with a... Uh, a nice little uh, 20 question game here for you. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm going to cue some music up and post. All right. <clears throat> all right. What'd you have for dinner? Uh, I just, oh, actually, I just went with this friend at Louis Ben Steakhouse, and uh, which I, it's like super random. It's not a good place in Grand Rapids. Sorry. It just isn't. And uh, it, I, it, he was like, come through. I got this thing or whatever that I have going on there. So I came through and I got like this steak bruschetta and it had like a lot of tendons in it. So it was really hard to eat and it was really awkward to eat it. Mm. It was pretty, it was actually pretty good, but it was just super awkward to eat. (laughs) Mm, Tendons. All right. (laughs) Yeah. That's first question done. All right. Two favorite cheap beer. Uh, Coors Light, obviously. Favorite, uh, not cheap beer. Uh, the ephemere from uh the unibrew one you yeah unibrew yeah, yeah so ephemere yeah. for sure like 100 percent that yep. beer and but you got to put it in a champagne glass because yes. it's like like the little photo on the side yeah pretty much any unibrew beer is the way to go le fin du Monde, any of those mm-hmm. all right super good last song you listened to in your car <laughs> was on the way over here was um something super embarrassing that you're trying to think of something else to no say <laughs> it's like a rem. it was probably like a it was either that new. It was either that new uh, Drake and Soldier Boy song. It's like the way my, when you turn my car and it just plays the most recently added. By the way, I have my playlist set up on my iPod. Or it was this like uh, RL Grime remix. He's a DJ I really like. All right, moving right along. We're almost done with this interview. Um, <laughs> favorite website right now. Um. Oh, theline.com. Theline.com. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. I remember you posted that up, and it's like e-commerce utopia. Yeah, it's like, like the they most don't even clean sell. Site. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is like it's really subtle, but it feels so different than any other e-commerce site. They have this whole thing about you know their whole focus is like what is quintessential, mm. and I kind of am obsessed with that. It seems like they only like, put on there what like absolutely must be on there. No filler, no like yeah, anything. I don't know. And and you could argue that what they're selling isn't needed. I mean, it's like you know, one hundred and fifty dollars face oils and stuff and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that, yeah, I, I just like their vision. I think there's something. It's there. almost like as long as that stuff's going to exist, though, it might as well exist in like the most beautiful web platform possible, right? I agree. We can get it. We can get into face moisturizers and oils later. That's, yes, I, I have I a agree. whole, yeah, a whole segment about face. <laughs> whole face stuff about. All right. Next most inspiring interview that you've ever read or watched. Shit. Um, I mean, you could you could default to like the Steve Jobs ones, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, that's a, that's the lost, fair. that lost tapes one was really good. But I also like listening to um, I like listening to Karl Lagerfeld. It's almost like does he know, like he's like clairvoyant or something, or or it's all just like pretension. I don't know. I really like listening to him talk too. But in terms of like actual content that has affected my life, it's probably Steve Jobs stuff. Yeah. All right, favorite city in America outside of your own, which currently is Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes, Grand Rapids in America. Um, I think I don't even really spend a lot of time there anymore, but I really enjoy New York um, mm-hmm. because I just think I can. You can get a lot done there if you want, but there's also there's also places in that city to to relax too, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah. All right, 
What car brand right now makes you the most excited? American Audi. and foreign. <laughs> Audi. Like this just I mean, I, I can't remember what the number is. They just announced it's some billion dollar number, like you know, double digit billion dollar number that they're investing in R and D. Um, because they're kind of on the top right now in terms of like margin and things like that as a, a performing as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and to then say really boldly that they're going to put that into R&D when they already are kind of on top, I think um, is awesome. And I think it's the subtlety of the brand and their attention to detail. It's just, I don't know. I can't get enough of them. I Fav- just love it. What about favorite American car brand? Um, if you can muster Ford. one. Yeah. Ford, for sure. I got to meet the interior designer guy that does like the console design for Ford cars, which is funny because he has both an Audi and a, and a Ford. But uh, I met him when I was traveling and um, got to nerd out and ask him a bunch of questions about materials that they use and stuff. Because the Ford Focus is like incredible. I mean, it's an incredible car if you've ever gotten to drive one. As a, as a cheap car, it's, it's definitely beats the Jetta and all that. I really like that car. Cool. All right. Uh, if you can think of them, and if you just can think of one or two, that's fine. Your favorite three Twitter accounts. Like if you had to just like, uh, except like putting aside like, you know, you don't have to like include me and like whatever, but, um, <laughs> but your favorite three, two or three Twitter accounts that like you feel like kind of make your, you know, Twitter use worthwhile. You know, it's funny because like I, I don't, I'm not, I use Twitter obviously. I mean, a lot of times it's just content pushed out from some other social network. Um, I was really hard to say. If it's taking me this long, there's a guy. This is going to be kind of controversial. Uh, is it Kylie Jam? What, how do you say his name? Kaylee Jams? Kylie Jams? Oh, yeah. Keele Jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keele Jams. Yeah. I, I think he's super creative. There's another guy, though. This one might be kind of surprising is uh, Call Me Mano, the, the DJ for Kanye. I, I got to know him through Virgil some time ago, and he's super intense on Twitter. And I know I'm like, we don't know each other like super well. We say what's up, and we catch up at Lollapalooza. But I think like he's just using it as a platform to say exactly what he wants. I think he's he's done an incredible job in his DJ career and just in his professional career. And I've never seen someone be so raw uh, and say like whatever they want. And I, I I don't always agree with what he says. That's not really the point. I just like that. I like how he does it. Okay. And so his uh, the first one was Keylay Jams K E E L A Y J A M S, and this one was Call Me Mano. Right? Just call me M A N O. Right? In case yeah. Call me M A N O. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right, that's pretty good. And, and, and yeah, and be fair, Warren. Call me Mano is like very vocal. Yeah. No, no filter. <laughs> All right. Just like this show, no f- 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 filter. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most relaxed I've been in an interview so far. So that's, that's good. good. That's good. All yeah, right, man. What's good. the best live show that you have ever seen? Um. Well, I, can I list or just one? Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, if you have a couple you want to list off, because I know there's. Um. Because they're in a bunch of different genres. I think. Uh, you know, anything Kanye's done, I've been lucky to go to Glow in the Dark, uh, watch the throne, and uh, I went to watch the throne twice, luckily. And, and I also just went to um, the latest one. Why am I blanking out on it? Jesus. Um, yeah. And uh, they're just, just incredible. His attention to detail, the experience. Watch the throne was like theatrically like the most amazing, I think. Um, but to watch Kanye perform by himself at Jesus for two and a half hours was just like stunning. Yeah, I, it was just incredible. Yeah. I didn't get to go, but um, man, everything I saw, just a sight to behold. And it, it's, it was like built for Instagram. It was yeah. built to like look awesome on Instagram. Absolutely. I think that's super thoughtful right. um, design. With that set and then with like, the oval, like the iconic mountain and everything, it was just kind of yeah, like, this I, is going to look beautiful it, no matter what angle you shoot it from. Absolutely. And it really looks like that in person too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was just like, you know, uh, looks good in photos with some filter on it. And then um, I uh, I just got to see King Cruel recently. Um he was, you know, he was better than than I uh, than the than albums and stuff like that. I mean, I really think he's going to be kind of a voice. 
for maybe not our generation, maybe a generation before us. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got to see Major Laser like super early on, and I've been to like everybody's gonna see like a DJ play, but they were, that was like incredible. Yeah, I, it was so fun. It was like super fun. Where was that at? Where was the Major Laser show at? That was like four years, four years ago. Whenever they like first came out, and I think it must have been at like. The Met- I think it's probably the Metro. Think, and you, and you saw King Cruel just recently in Chicago, like just a couple yeah. weeks ago, right? Yeah. Link at Lincoln Hall, yeah. Cool. One word to describe this interview so far. I, I, relaxed. You just said it. I don't know. <laughs> like I get nervous about interviews, so I say yeah. it's relaxed. I hear you, man. It's funny. Like I've realized that the more prep that I do, like the better off. Like, and doesn't that? I mean, it makes sense. Like the more the more I come into it, like prepared, <laughs> and like instead of trying to just be like, oh, I know this person, whatever, I'll yeah, wing just, it. Like, just wing it. Yeah, yeah, and you can't depend on the other person to like really have a lot of <laughs> lot to say because like they might Which, just answer your question and then you're left hanging and you're like, awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, um, all right, man. So this one, you're a big Jay Z fan, um, and you have yes. been for a long time. Um, yes. So what is your favorite? classic jay song and then what is your favorite more current song and we'll keep current to like the last like five years i mean if you go if you go back to like reasonable doubt it's like can't knock the hustle um but i'm pretty like i want to be like i want i don't want to say like i've been listening to jay-z since reasonable doubt i i got started when a lot of other people did i had heard some of volume one Mm -hmm. um but it probably was probably on the radio at the time actually but obviously a lot of us got introduced but crazy i think it was in 97 is when we got introduced to Jay-Z through the song Hard Knock Life, which is still, like, I mean, that's just an unbelievable song. That album is actually my favorite Jay-Z album. And uh, it's that song, um, It's Like That. It's track 12 and uh, on volume two. So I don't know if that's, like, a classic Jay. I mean, I guess it depends. Like, there's kids right now who are listening to Jay-Z that are, like... The Black Album like, classic for them, like, yeah, right? Even though that is classic. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Or even, Blue, I mean, Blueprint. You know, when Blueprint came out, that mm-hmm. was crazy. Yeah. Um, in terms of my, like... Uh, current like more recent songs um you know it gets different as you get older they don't you know like they don't, i guess i don't know how to describe that but like that one um beach chair that he did um yeah the with cold the play one Col- right? yeah, the cold yeah, play yeah. one the, the lyrics in that are crowd i was just listening to that recently yeah. today actually i was just like listening to some jay-z stuff so i would say yeah that one i mean it's it's so hard to name it. and then like the real like crazy like hustler song was like show you show you how to do this mm-hmm. uh, that beat was crazy when it came out i remember playing that in my car and the lyrics are crazy to that cool all right um best restaurant in grand rapids and then best or best or favorite you know whatever however you want to frame yeah. that um in grand rapids and then also one uh, elsewhere like if you could just transport at any moment to the other the other place so grand rapids and then wherever else uh, in Grand Rapids, like uh, the one I eat at the most right now, which is brand new, is actually the new taco place called Donkey. And yeah, man, then, so good. I went there. Yeah. Oh, you did go? There? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's super good. So I've been like, it's just constantly going there, and, uh, and that's my friend Paul Lee owns that. The place I like when it's like I want to sit down and have like a proper meal, like a little bit longer, is the Grove, like for sure in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable every time I go, mm-hmm. and the bartenders are super cool. Yeah. Uh, anywhere in Man, I guess it would be, it would probably be Joseph Leonard, um, my friend Gabe Stolman's restaurant in the West Village. I have like really interesting memories of that place. Um, when me and Neil, that's Virgil's friend, you know, they grew up together. And then when me and Neil went to New York forever ago, we um, we uh, helped do some of the final build out. In fact, our, we signed underneath the bar, and uh, 
and just Gabe and his whole story about moving to New York and like becoming successful at, at, at restaurants coming from Wisconsin. And now he has like six in the West village or something. I mean, it's incredible. That's so. awesome. You may, I got a notification on my phone while we were doing this that from my calendar that it. we're <laughs> did you hear it? <laughs> yeah, it that, bugs, might, yeah. that might be that might be in this. So if that's in I, this, you keep it in there. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it in there. I don't it's be this. real. And man, this is all real, no filter. We can say crap, we can say hell, you can say anything you want. <laughs> uh, <man. laughs> I'm going to. I'm gonna go on some tirade later. All right. All right, man. Dumbest thing you could do to a website like you're building a website and then like you got like junior direct junior designer guy or whoever it is. And they're like, Oh, we should do. What is it? What kills you on a website? The quickest answer is flash. I was on a website the other day that was like, I was looking at on my iPad or my iPhone and it was like, this video can't be played on this type of device. It's like, it's not like it, you know, a couple years into the iOS thing, I still was like, it's fair. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. takes a while to change over large legacy websites. Right. It's, con- it's like more content's being consumed on, on iOS devices and stuff like that than, than on computers. But beyond that is like any form of like, like over the top theater, right? So like something that you can tell the designer was obsessed with that has nothing to do with functionality. And I know it's a vague answer, but it's like, you know, even like splash pages or anything that makes me wait. It's like the whole point of the web is like data and access and information. Right. It doesn't mean it can't be really cool and, and elegant and pretty and it, it can have some theater to it. But I don't like, you know, some massive, some something I got to scroll like crazy or yeah. I can't stand it. Multiple yeah. clicks. I don't like doing that. <laughs> you know, like yeah. clicking all over the place. All right. Good answer. Good answer. I just realized too, this is the first time. So normally I do these interviews with my laptop and then we do it through Skype, but we're doing this FaceTime audio right now, which is great. But if all of a sudden, like my mom calls me right now, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure what'll happen. We'll see, man. We'll see. This is a, this is a no holds barred interviews. Uh, Anything goes. You could get a call from somebody and it's just super extreme. Extreme. Very extreme. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, I already know the answer to this. I'm kind of tailoring this question because I know kind of what the answer is, but I think it's super cool, and so I'm asking you about it. The question is, what's your favorite way to relax or sort of get away in the middle of a work day? And I know already what the answer is personally, oh. but I know I feel like it's a cool thing. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, just go, you just go to a coffee shop. Oh, really? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew what you thought I was going to say. I was say. like, oh, shit. <laughs> that pause was brilliant. That pause was brilliant. I started uh, going to the Frederick Meyer Gardens. Has a uh, it's a it's a it's a botanical gardens here in town, and uh, it's kind of out of the way too. It's not really like you know if you're it's not part of Grand. I don't even know if it's in Grand Rapids technically, but um, it it's uh, they have a conservatory, and I believe it's one of the larger ones in the United States. And it's basically just a tropical rainforest inside that's constantly eighty two degrees and one hundred percent humidity and misting. And, and they have a waterfall and a couple waterfalls and a whole orchid area. And mm. it's super natural looking. Like it actually looks like in some areas from some views that you're uh, actually there. So like, for example, like this week it was like zero at one point. We had that polar vortex thing or whatever. I wasn't able to make it out during that. But like I've already gone a couple times since. And, uh, and it's just like I go for 45 minutes. I call 45-minute vacation. And it works every time. Mm-hmm. Every time it works, like you leave feeling slightly different. It's like taking a nap in a way, like you just have a refreshed outlook on your day. 
I think so. Yeah. I can't say I can't really take naps in the middle of the day. Though. I, I, I can't I either. Could, but I think if there's something like, I mean, for me, it's really just like getting off my computer and intentionally doing something else. Like, so for me, it might actually be walking to a coffee shop or walk, just getting out, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I kind of reset, but I think it's I cool. The, like, uh, you have such a specific way of kind of doing that. And it's always fun yes. to, you know, it's very specific. Yeah. It works every time. Yeah. Okay. Place you most want to visit in the world. I know you and I have long, um, well, we'll get into this more later, but Ben and I have sent emails to each other. Like I've sent yeah. more emails and gotten more emails from Ben than anybody else like ever. And ever. We, we're always like, if you find some cool new Island you've never heard of, or some crazy place, you spot something on Tumblr and you're like, Oh my God, where is that? You know, like I always, you know, we send that to each other. So what's like one place right now, if you could just go wherever. Yeah. If it was like an Island, I think I would want to go to the Seychelles, which is off the coast of uh, Africa. And it's, uh, I've seen pictures. It's kind of like Virgin Gorda, which I was lucky enough to go visit. And, uh, which has those huge boulders, you know, but the boulders in Seychelles, like the whole Island is kind of made out of granite and it, it just, it looks like a, some sort of weird James Bond, you know, like, uh, feature or something like that. Or it looks like, you know how like Legoland, you know, like Legos would make like a pirate ship or they'd make like a shipwrecked Island or something like yeah. that when you're a kid. It kind of looks like what, it looks like a fake Island. Right. Like it looks like a set, like for a, for yeah. an Island. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, what about those crazy like uh, where 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 were they? They discovered that like gigantic underground like ecosystem. Was that like where was that? You know what I'm talking about? Was that in China or something? Uh-huh. Like, oh, those huge caves. caves? And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be pre- that would be pretty crazy. Where yeah, because there was like actual like rainforest inside of the caves. Yeah, yeah. I would try and do that. I don't. But then then the other part of me is like it's interesting. I got to go see like I used to get Islands magazine. Like we would, you know, we would when when you lived here or whatever. We would look at them and stuff like that. And and when I got to finally go with a friend of mine, I was super lucky to go go to like a bunch of the Caribbean islands and uh, even further down to St. Uh, St. Bart's and stuff. And um, after that, I really haven't bought that magazine anymore. I mean, I think they're amazing. I just think uh, um, there's something about them. I mean, they're, they're for relaxation only. Mm. You know, you really don't go to, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it would have been more fun if I had a girlfriend or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, cool, cool. I like talking about the island stuff. I always think that's fun because it's always been something yeah. that you and I have found. Drawn, I'm like, still so pretty. Much I mean, I still have from. a yeah. I still have a ton in my image folder, and, and the whole concept of a palm tree is to like for some reason invokes like relaxation and paradise. There, and, now, side note here, and like a little uh, just kind of yeah, just a side note, I guess. So I got married in uh, 2007, and like that was really at a time when like you and I were talking a lot about you know stuff like this. Like we'd talk all the time about travel and everything, and that had such yeah. a huge impact on being dead set on. And I ended up going to Bora Bora and Morea uh, in one of the, two of the different islands in Tahiti for my honeymoon, and so much of that had to do with the fact that like I had pretty much convinced myself that like I'd sell myself short completely if I did anything less than that. And so, <laughs> and it was so intense. How old were you when you did? uh i I was 22 holly had just turned 21 so yeah i mean that was like it spoiled me man i went because i went to hawaii a couple years ago you could really transport yourself to that time and the brilliance was like uh we were really focusing on it a lot more that was crazy i mean that was just like i remember being so stoked that you were going and it was like the pictures and everything was like and you really did it you did like the overwater villa 
that was pretty awesome. No I joke. I, I think um, there's, you know, I don't know if it's, if this is because I had, it's probably a mix of both, but I haven't taken generally as many pictures as I used to when I was younger. I like just brought my camera and just taken like a million photos, but I still use photos from that trip in projects. Now, like if I need clouds or like water or something, I've never had a more beautiful kind of like every single day at pretty much any given moment to take pictures than when I was there. And I'll still draw from kind of that big batch of photos that I have um, every now and then. But yeah, man, I, uh, that stuff was always super fun to talk yeah. about. All right. Like amazing. Totally, totally different topic. Uh, best Apple product of all time. iPhone. Yeah. Besides iPhone, maybe like a more uh, like unexpected one. I don't know. Some you liked that uh, I can't remember what it's called. I should have had this written down. Like the speaker that they put out, right? It was only out for like oh, a super shit. short yeah, amount, the, amount uh, of time. I still don't own one yet. I need to buy one. I don't really have a reason for it, but um, the Apple Hi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just I one of my big things like that was um, they it was like you can still get them on eBay and like when they're still in the original box, they're super expensive. I should have bought one. I just love the design. I love that it was solid cast resin or resin plastic or whatever and they really talked a lot about like how it was made and that it didn't vibrate and how the battery technology is a little outdated now i mean you had to put actually like big whatever d batteries in it or something but i still think i want to get one like that sitting on top of like a nelson bench or something i Uh think is like the new it's like it's kind of hipster but i think it's i I just thought it was a really cool product Mm -hmm. i really like the new ipod touch too i think if you think about what kids are using today um, if their parents can't afford to get them like a, a you know, an, I, an iPhone or an iPad or a MacBook, I think that device, it's crazy. You can like slip it in your pocket and it's just like you can access the world through that little, yeah. that little screen yeah. and that camera. It's great that like they still think high end, but they think for kind of like all different price points and stuff. Like, like you said, if a kid wants that, but they don't need the phone or they can't afford the phone or whatever, it's still. Or you don't want them to have a phone. I mean, I don't, right, I don't have right, kids, right, but right. I can imagine being like, hey, here's this closed device. It's got right. Wi-Fi. Yeah. I just think it's like incredible how small and thin and, and beautiful right. it is. And geez, I mean, you don't even really need the phone part of it. I mean, look, we're doing this call right no. now over FaceTime audio. If it's got that, Absol- I mean, pretty yeah, much you don't absolutely. need phones in general anymore. Okay. Um, now I'm going to set you up on this one a little bit. So you're in, so I title all these, uh, episodes as I do them. Um, I do, I like use a numbering system. So I do zero, zero, and then a number. Cause I figure, I don't know, someday maybe I'll get into the thousands and I'll worry about that then. <laughs> but right, so you're actually 007 underscore ah. Benjamin, <laughs> totally so unintentional, lucky. but you are, yeah. So you're the one, you'll only be the only one, uh, I can have you back on for like episode 420, 666, 69, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all the, yeah, all the like standout ones. <laughs> um, but okay. So that, that leads me to my question. What are, what are a couple of like your favorite movies of all time? Classics, newer ones, ones that have just really left a mark. Like if you could only watch it like two to three movies, which ones are you handpicking to like be stuck with? Um, yeah, so if I can pick two or three, I do like James Bond movies a lot. Um, I, you know, that, that classic growing up, like Thanksgiving, hanging with the family with those Bond marathons on, really kind of my dad always brought me to all of the James Bond movies. Um, out of all of them, I used to be a big Dr. No fan, but I would say my favorite James Bond movie is uh, Casino Royale. I think it's like just a super good movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was shot really well. Yeah. Um, I really like Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Um, one of those that always like kind of grabs me. And, oh, man, it's a toss-up for, like, a more current movie. I really think, I don't, see, it's, it's, not, it's not a movie I want to watch over and over again. I've said this to you before, like, there's movies, like, 
No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. that I love but never want to see again. Yeah. I'm not. I really don't like violence in movies. I mean, obviously James Bond has violence, but it's not very realistic violence. Yeah. Um, but I really like Place Beyond the Pines, and I think oh, that man, that yeah. I, I I can't believe it didn't get any nominate. I mean, I'm not even into the nomination Golden Globe thing, but there's something about that movie. It's just I just thought it was incredible. I got to see that I mean, one again. I remember loving it. I really did. I, I thought it was one of the best movies I'd seen in a long time. Yeah. And yeah, I really it was liked it. Great. All right, so a, qu- a couple of quick ones: mozzarella sticks or nachos? Nachos, but not with all. Just with the cheese. I just want cheese and the and the chips. You don't want like the, the soggy meat. I don't chips. like <laughs> no <laughs> olives and onions. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, it to yeah. look like a salad. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sparkling water or bottled water? Uh, well, <laughs> it would be boxed water if it wasn't sparkling. Uh, but yeah, uh, sure. I would. It depends. I like. I actually really like sparkling water without ice okay. at, at a meal. Spring or fall? Uh, spring. You driving or someone else driving? Someone else. Okay. All right, man. Those are all my questions. We did almost 20 in 20 minutes, so I think that's pretty Not good. Not bad. That's yeah. actually impressive for it us. It is impressive. I know. We didn't drag about too much. I mean, you did at times, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. All right. So... Um, now that uh, people know a bunch of <laughs> totally useless things about useless you. Useless information. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to transition out of that, and there really isn't a good way to. But, um, you know, one of, the, one of the kind of, I guess, foundations of our friendship and with me and you has always really been that we've really identified um, from a young age not having gone to college. And that's been yeah. such a, a common thread, I feel like, in so many of our conversations, in so much of our lives, but both of us and our work and stuff. And so you and I, mm-hmm. as friends, always really clicked on that uh, kind of note. So, um, you know, without going too much to like my personal situation and stuff, um, what were some of the things kind of that you did as, you know, a younger kid? I mean, I obviously know some of these things, but like, what are some of the things that you did as a younger kid that sort of got in, in, instilled in you a sense of working hard and, and sort of like hustling to, you know, achieve what you wanted to do in spite of school or in spite of a, you know, an institution mm-hmm. or a system or whatever? I mean, um, what are just some of the things that stand out to you from like when you were a teenager that you did to kind of set yourself apart in that way? Well, I think it's like a few, there's like probably like a few moving pieces. And it's true. Like I remember when I was younger, it's like, you know, somebody older, I'm 32 now and somebody older would say, you know, you'll, you'll understand things better when you get older or you have, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And you don't really think about that when you're a kid, which is kind of a blessing because then you just right. start like running at things and you're taking risks and stuff. I was, cause there's a couple moving pieces. I was really fortunate that my parents were both self-employed. My, my father was it was at one point on a, a, a small, you know, smallish construction company. Um, and then, you know, then has kind of transferred being a handy guy, handyman guy to a contract. I mean, he's kind of always been self-employed. My mom was a, was a cleaning lady and she, you know, and she went to night school to become a teacher. She graduated college and I graduated junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always this like, hey, like start a lawn mowing company, go hand out some flyers, wait for the phone to ring and go mow these people's lawns. You know, and make some cash for yourself, right. and uh, and it was just like very simple at that age, at twelve or eleven. It's like do this, it equals that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the interesting thing about mowing lawns is you're you're effectively self-employed, right? You know, and the the yeah. cooler the design is on your flyer, you know, we drew some little lawnmower with a stick figure pushing it, and like where he had just been, the car, you know, the grass was cut, and where he was going, the grass was all long, you know, like little things like that, like that. It mattered that what you were putting on something may get you more business or may make people look at it a little bit longer. Right. So there's like that part. Um, 
I, I don't know. I guess maybe you know, it's our maybe. Now, as you got older, like getting into coding and getting into computers yeah. and stuff, obviously was a pretty pivotal like point, you know, for you too. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think we're all lucky, right? It's like either it was our parents or we're just, you know, some sort of genetic lottery we won that we were like creative or like we want to make stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, computers and laptop like laptops were fairly new. The concept of I mean, I remember going to Radio Shack and seeing a Tandy laptop for the first time that had like a red screen. It was monochrome, but it only like red and black were the colors and and uh so yeah i got a laptop um there's a, a firm that my friend had a my dad had a friend that worked at in chicago and they were all upgrading their think pads so they had these think pads for sale for like 200 or 400 i can't remember and i took some lawn mowing money bought one of these they're black and white think pads. i still have it i sent you that picture the other day mm-hmm. and uh, i bought that and um i i still to this day don't 100 know how and when it happened but i was looking in the computer section at the uh, Park Forest Library, where I I spent some time growing up in Park Forest, and there was a books on programming. I mean, I didn't even understand the concept of programming. I didn't right. really get it. But when you're a kid, that doesn't really matter, right? You're just like, I want to make the computer do stuff. I want to make a game. I want to do this. Right. And I learned I learned the coding language QBasic, which is standard on all you know Windows machines. I don't know if it is anymore, but this is back like the DOS and Windows 3.1 era, and it it just made sense to me. And like I can still, you know, kind of think in linear code and functions and database schemas and stuff like that. So I did that for a really long time. And then to so I, we can get back to that in a minute. And then kind of going back to school, it's something I really didn't realize till I was a little bit later in life. But like I got held back a grade, and uh, hmm. the, that kind of like is an interesting thing uh, when you're in elementary school to be held back. One, you're being told in front of your classmates, effectively, and everyone else that you're not smart enough to go to the next level. You know, and in my mind, maybe I was just stubborn. I was like, who, you know, yes, I am, or who cares, or like, I don't know. Right. Maybe I was like a little punk kid about it. And then that school burned down. Oh, and they took off our school and put it into another school. And we had class in like a library for a whole year because obviously we put two schools together. And so I had like a really kind of like, I went to some pretty shitty schools too um, growing up. So school started to like be like, this is stupid. You know, like, I don't like it. It's, it's, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't process the thought at the time. I just didn't like it. Right. I couldn't give you back in hindsight. I couldn't show you the things that I thought they could have done better. Right. I just didn't like it. But I also had those awesome teachers that were like, Hey, do what you want to do. Like, you know, pursue your dreams. And like, I had a couple really great teachers. And so that compared with being creative compared with coding and all that probably is what led to maybe being more entrepreneurial. Yeah. If that, is that really vague? I don't know if that was like all of No, board. no. I mean, it makes sense. And I think like, I mean, you know, for me, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I had a couple particular teachers. I, I wasn't particularly interested in school. Now, granted, I did go to, I had a really great uh, school experience, especially into high school. I mean, with like art and everything. And I just had some people and teachers and stuff that were exceptionally encouraging to me. And that made all the difference. I mean, it really, it's amazing. Like when you're young, I mean, even until like later in your high school years, how impressionable you are. I mean, I, I, oh, it's unbelievable. I, I wish I wasn't jaded, you know, as an adult, but we all become that way a little bit, but how kind mm-hmm. of like spongy your mind is at that point. And really anybody who you respect, if they get your attention, I mean, that's it. It's a wrap. Like, you know what I mean? Like they've, if they've got you, they've got you and they, they will inspire you no matter what. Like, yeah, it's like, I remember the, I remember the teacher that held me back as much as I remember, like the first teacher that was like, um, was cool, you know, and was like encouraging it. And it's like, I don't remember, like, you know, I can't remember what I did last week. You know, it's like, 
it's kind of crazy, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. how, how impressionable you are. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, a, a kind of this moment, I don't remember exactly when, exactly when it was, but you know, at one point I decided I wasn't going, going to go to college. And for me, the mm-hmm. decision was really based around the fact that I didn't have the money for it. I felt like, because I wanted to go into art and design that I could probably work for like a year, take off and then, you know, come back to an art school with some money with a little more experience, maybe on my own time and on my own terms or whatever, and then get back to it. And, you know, long story short, like it kind of started no pattern, everything kind of went from there. Um, did college ever enter your mind? Like in high school, like was college going to be a thing for you? And like, how yeah, was I it? mean, we, I, I think, I don't know if you did. I like, I applied to Columbia, I think. Yeah, I, applied I did to, like, too. One other school too. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, Columbia College, Chicago. So people know. Yeah. Just so yeah, we're not talking about that. the other, <laughs> the good Columbia. <laughs> yeah. Two different things there. Yeah. Um, no, it did. It was cause you, cause you go to college, right? So you're like your junior year, you're sorting it out. You're going to go to college. But I was, and I don't know kind of where you were like interesting story. It's like, so I'm programming and the whole Q basic thing. And then the internet hits. You know, and the internet hit in terms of like when I say like the first dot com boom hit, it, I think it was probably like a sophomore. Um, my one of my one of the other teachers, Mr. Thomas, who who was like an you know one of those encouraging teachers, said, "Hey, I got a student that I had like 15 years ago. He started a website company, you know, and and uh, I know you know how to program." This is in the summer. He called me during the summer, which I thought was interesting. And, uh, and he was like, Hey, you should go interview and work with him. I didn't know how to do HTML. I was just mm. still goofing around in QBasic. So I went to the job interview, kind of was like, yeah, I kind of know how to do code and stuff. And, uh, went home, researched it, learned it, got that job. This is junior year. Then my father had a friend in Michigan, which is kind of how I ended up in Michigan. And I started working with him on freelance. I mean, I remember like, I'm sure you have the same, same story. It's like, we got our like first $500 check for right. like doing something like, you oh like. My God. And I was yeah. like, oh man, like, yeah. and we were, I was still like making money. Like I had like a job at the movie theater and helping my dad with construction and stuff. But I remember making it, doing something I liked. And that's like totally different way of making money. And, and you uh, made it on your own. Like it wouldn't have existed. Like you work at absolutely. a movie theater, you work at a restaurant. Like that's a place that's set up for you to go apply to and eventually make money if you just do what you're told. But like you took initiative and made that money like that $500 means more to you than $500 that you get anywhere else. Absolutely. And and it still does today, which is interesting. But I, uh, so I did that. And then, so then senior year rolls around, I'm programming a lot now. I'm, I mean, I've got like a couple freelance gigs going, I'm working at the other place. And the guy in Michigan was like, Hey, you know, he's, he was a wealthy guy, a bit of a mentor too. He's like, it's too complicated to keep track of your hours. Let's just put you on a on a salary or a retainer. And I mean, I'm sitting here just going like, holy crap, you know, like yeah. this is like, and it wasn't a ton of money, but it's like there was a check. I remember every we don't we had a silver mailbox. There's a check every two weeks, regardless of how much work I did. But I was working a lot. I really enjoyed it. And then as that as senior year is coming to a close, it's spring break. He was like, hey, are you going to college? And I was like, you know, yeah. I mean, same story as you. I was like, I don't have any money really to go to college. Um, student loans were kind of different back then. I feel like when I was, when I was going around, it's like not everybody, it wasn't just like take a student loan. It was more like something you thought through. It was like a little bit more. I mean, either your parents were, you were trying to pay for it. But, um, anyway, long story short, I said, I said, I'm kind of thinking about it. And he's like, well, would you consider coming and working for me for the summer, moving to Michigan, you know, and it was a dot-com thing. Yeah. This whole startup. And, uh, I remember like, yeah, yeah. I think about it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and I was already like so independent at the time. It was right. actually over instant messenger. It well, instant messenger was a conversation. And I said, yeah, I think about it. I remember like going and seeing my mom. And I was like, hey, man, I got this crazy job offer. 
Yeah. And he's going to advance me money. And uh, after that, it was pretty much it. I mean, my parents were like excited that I had stayed out of trouble in high school, I think. I mean, all I do is skateboard and program. And now all of a sudden it was like I had money, which was, you know, they liked that, I guess. And uh, yeah, so I just, I left two weeks after high school. That yeah. was it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, especially, I, I, I just feel like anybody who did that before, um, you know, internet was really such an integral part, part of our lives, like is, is definitely ahead of their time, especially if it had to do on any level with computers, because mm-hmm. it wasn't easy then, you know, I mean, it wasn't easy, like no. in the early 2000s to like, figure this stuff out on your own. And now, I mean, it's not that it's easy, but like the, the tools yeah, to learn it are, yeah. are certainly easier and to access, you know, there's mm-hmm. just more people doing it and stuff. Um, all right. So anyways, I mean, all that said, like, um, that kind of brings us to, to today. And like, so you went through jobs and you're doing like programming and development and like all yep. sorts of stuff. But, um, one of the things like you and I talked about before, like we did this, you know, kind of do, did the interview where we were sort of discussing what we wanted to talk about and everything. I thought it was really interesting kind of the way you, you phrased this. Um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was in regards to basically living a life that is pretty much uh, unsettled uh, without a specific direction or without definition, yeah. um, something mm-hmm. that's constantly changing. Um, and I feel like even though, you know, for me, I'm kind of immersed in a certain industry, kind of in like the design and art world, um, mm-hmm. that my day to day is sort of like that. Like there's not really a definition. Like I might be really busy with one type of project one month and the next month I'm doing something completely different. And I know you, for you, it's the same. Um, what is it about that? That's so attractive. Like, is it, is it like the spontaneity that exists and kind of like not having a, a title to what it is that you do because you have so many different things you do. And I kind of get, guess that's what I want to get into next. But like, what is it about basically having a life that is sort of unsettled without like a super specific direction that draws some people in? Well, I think part one, I mean, it's like, right. It's always like romantic. I mean, you can go back to James Bond, right. It's like a different destination every day. You know, obviously our lives are not that romantic. I think the same way that people, uh, I don't know. It's like the same way if you take a job and you pick a path and you kind of do that for your life, you get used to it and doing anything else feels foreign. Mm-hmm. For me and for us, we were constantly, for me, you know, when I say us, like me and you or any creative kid for that matter, I mean, you could put Virgil in that category, you could put a handful of our friends in that category. Right. When we were constantly bouncing around because we were so fascinated with multiple different industries or maybe multiple different disciplines or something like that, we kept doing it and we did it at such a young age that the concept of like a job um, even though I've had them, they were, they've all been startups, um, doesn't really work. So like I, I'm attracted to it just because I just like new stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love learning new things. I like exposing myself to new things. It gets different as you get older. I can feel it like sometimes wearing on me. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that answers your question, no, but it I does. just feel like some people get in the path and they, by the time you're 25, if you're married and you have a mortgage or you're married and you have a Maybe you're not even married. You have a regular salary that you know is going to be a little bit higher next year. It's crazy to think to go be like, oh, I'm going to quit this and go do whatever I want. Right. Or go do something different. Yeah. So they get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird. I mean, I, I've, I think about this a lot. I mean, being someone who works independently and just kind of like my future and my day to day and my life and everything is so entirely dependent on what I put in. I mean, I, I get out of my life what I put in, bottom line. Right. Like, and now there's going to be times where I get lucky, something like comes through that I couldn't have planned, but like, you know this. I mean, you, you, 
I still put in a lot of work behind me in my past that might have mm-hmm. led to whatever it is that just kind of popped up. Like I got an email Absolutely. like, Hey, this new job's coming in. Well, that's not random. Like I got myself no. <laughs> to the point where like, that's that way, you know, like you work super mm-hmm. hard to earn the right basically to be called upon for a job. If you're a freelancer, you know, whatever over someone else. I mean, there's certainly a lot of work that goes into getting to that point. It's not just a given. Um, mm-hmm. but Anyway, so yeah, I mean, it is a weird thing to put your finger on, but I mean, I know one of the things that you hate, and I think it has to do a lot just because you're always kind of doing different things and you have your hands in so many different kind of and kind of areas is when someone just says like that, well, what do you, what do you do? You know? And I think a lot of it has to do with hating people trying to get to know another person strictly defined by their job. And that kind of almost yeah. immediately boxes in people. Um, mm-hmm. but so instead of asking like what you do, you know, now we've talked about so many other things leading up to this point, but like you know, what are the things that you're doing right now that excite you? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, man, I'm lucky to work on, like, like we were just saying, like, I like to do things that are new. Some, a lot of times they're just new to me. They're not necessarily new to everybody. Sometimes they're new to everybody, but, um, I worked in the supply chain world for a really long time, kind of by accident. And when I say supply chain, I mean, there was a company I worked for. It was a startup. It was like seven employees when I started. And it was like, uh, you know, they had warehousing and logistics that are being shipping uh, services that they offered, consulting in the supply chain world, how to better set up your manufacturing process or whatever. I'm kind of skimming over details. And at the time, you know, the Internet was just kind of creeping into this. Obviously, there was really big companies that have been doing things, but really kind of, uh, what am I trying to say, like uh, flexible solutions weren't really in place yet. And uh, so I worked in that world and I worked with really big businesses like Hayworth and Steelcase and um, some other really large companies in the furniture vertical touched on automotive a little bit and uh, it sounded just god awful boring it Uh kind of even doesn't i'm explaining it but there was so much data that needed to be worked with and i really loved being young applying all those crazy kind of concepts and like i was naive and thought i could do that design better that interface could look better or we could track this package better and all that so i was designing a lot of systems for them so i got to see big business being affected by really kind of scrappy ideas that i had and i was really lucky to find my mentors through that um, business as well, who are still my mentors to the de- to this day. Yeah. Um, the CEO's wife is kind of like, I mean, she's my mentor, and um, so I did that for a while. And then I, I wrote a couple pieces of software that got that Hayworth ended up using the the, the furniture manufacturer, and I I kind of like we sold them this software, but it was something I created, and that was my first. Um, they gave me the platform to to make it, and then I you know made it and, and sold it to them, and that was my first experience of kind of like an entrepreneurial thing that was much larger than mowing lawns or yeah. just doing something like that. And um, I was like, oh, I want to start my own business and started a uh, failed music distribution site for independent artists. But I raised some funding on my own and and got that going. So I stepped into that startup world, and that's where I still live today. I mean, I've always kind of worked in the startup world. Um, yeah, so I've had a handful of different startups. What I'm doing right now, what occupies a lot of my time, I'm the founder of a company called Boxed Water is Better. It's a more sustainable, more efficient, uh, and philanthropic uh, option as compared to bottled water. And we can talk about that a little bit, but um, some people might be familiar with it. Googling, it's the easiest way to kind of learn more about it. Um, so I started that. Um, that's about four and a half years old now. Um, it's grown considerably. It's kind of crazy how big it's gotten. Um, that's like my first successful thing that I started. Um, I'm also entrepreneur in residence at a venture capital fund here in town in Grand Rapids called Stark Garden that basically... Uh, my friend Rick DeVos started it, and everybody that works on the team has either worked together at some point or worked with Rick or for Rick at some point, or we've all kind of worked with or around each other mm-hmm. in the past five years. 
in the startup landscape in the Midwest, which is not Silicon Valley. It's not New York. So we, it, we've got a unique kind of, you know, we're a $15 million fund. So we're doing really small kind of seed round funding of ideas that are basically things we would have started. Right. So we're kind of helping the, the kind of the world there. And then I, the world, I mean, <laughs> our world here in West Michigan. Um, and then there's uh, um, the clothing stuff that I started doing right around the same time I started Boxed Water, which I don't know any creative kid that I've ever met or maybe any kid at all that wasn't at some point like, I want to design clothes. Because yeah. I think it's a really... Even a t-shirt all, company. like Absolutely. Anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we all wear it every day. It's like, I mean, you kind of forget how quintessential it is to like our existence. It's like every morning, it's right. like you put on clothes. So it's like everybody wants to design that. I want to design really simple stuff. Um, I was lucky to be introduced to a pattern maker here in town after kind of searching for forever. And we just gradually over two or three or, you know, two or three years, Carolyn and I made clothes and learned about the process of fit and proportion and yeah. fabric and draping and all that kind of stuff. And it was definitely like very similar to how I learned how to program, mm-hmm. you know, not formal, no education, you know, no formal education. So I'm working on my second collection now. I did one collection, sold a little bit of it in New York. It was actually a pretty cool experience to sell product, even if it was very tiny amount that I sold. So working on the second collection right now, um, which is like just been super fun. A little frustrating to do things in the Midwest, but that has also led to another thing I'm doing is, um, and this is really early. I mean, we'll see, we'll see where this goes right now. It's really fascinating and extremely ironic. I'm, uh, advisor to the president and the fashion program of Kendall College of Design in Grand Rapids. So it, I actually am on the payroll at a college, which yeah. I think is hilarious. Which is funny because I was going to bring this all kind of back around to that. So like, and yeah. it's funny, I, I kind of knew that like an interview with you um, wouldn't necessarily dwell on like what you do, what you're doing now. It's almost like taking the concept of time in a linear sense out of it and just talking about like all the different experiences mm-hmm. that you've gone through yeah. that have contributed and that are important from the past that are important now and like all that kind of stuff. And, and it's funny, just like the full circle, like back to the college concept, like you are now yeah. involved in like a college setting, uh, but in a, in a, um, you know, in a senior role, like not as a student or something like you're step, stepping foot right. into a college as somebody who is, you know, on a payroll. And, and so what's that been like? And, and like, what's been some of the responsibilities there? And have you interacted much with like students and stuff like, or are you more advising directly to uh, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit with students. Um, the fashion program there is very small. I mean, the fashion program in the Midwest is inherently uh, handicapped, I think. I mean, we don't have the access that New York or LA or Paris or Milan. I mean, right. We, we don't have those, but there's still kids who want to do stuff. And a lot of it's kind of around the craft side of things and making and pattern making and stuff like that. So that's really, I'm very early on there. I've only been on staff, I think for like five months or something like that, maybe more. And um, what drew me to it is their new president. Uh, he's only been on there not even two years. His name's David Rosen. He came in from LA and he's here and he's just like, Mr. Action Man, like everything, he's just like, let's do this, let's go, let's mm-hmm. do, let's try, let's experiment. Yeah. So he attracted me, he wanted me to teach, I didn't feel like I was capable to teach, I didn't feel like I was in a position that I had enough to say, and, and I think that's a really serious responsibility to be a teacher. Uh-huh. And these kids have one paid to do it, they're impressionable, like you said before, I mean, they're still young, and, and again, they paid, <laughs> and you need to be really talented in your field, so I'm not there yet, but I do have some concepts around, I want to see students come out and start their own businesses if they want to. So I'm trying to help kind of in that capacity by helping us build out um, a production studio here in town that can do law run manufacturing for clothing. Yeah. Um, And it's it's amazing how much like some of these mid, I mean, you know, you and I are both from 
uh, Chicago area. You're in Grand Rapids yeah. now. I lived in Grand Rapids for five years. I'm back in Chicago now, but like still there's a totally, I mean, even in Chicago for as, as big as it is, I mean, there's definitely not, um, a respect, you know, for fashion, uh, from outside, you know, I mean, people here in these small, you know, in Midwest, in these Midwest cities, or even in Chicago mm-hmm. for as big as it is, there's respect from people locally and everything for that stuff, but people don't really look to Chicago, you know, and, and, no. you know, much less Grand Rapids for, um, you know, uh, cool things to be coming out of those places in terms of fashion. I mean, art and design and everything for sure, but fashion is certainly, um, on the kind of tail end of that. And so I think it's great because like anything that can put some focus on to bettering, uh, something in the arts, uh, you know, in schools for students and get them excited about it and make them feel enabled to go out there regardless of where they're from and, you know, expand on, you know, their idea of what fashion is, I think is a great thing. So Yeah. I think it's about, yeah, I think you use the word <clears throat> enable. And I think like, you, you, and I think most people, I don't know who all listens to your podcast, where they're all located, but imagine it's kind of all over the world. And one thing the Midwest is famous for is making things, being really good at making yeah. the makery side of things. And there's some really cool companies in Chicago. There's stock manufacturing, there's glass house shirt makers. So there's some really cool fashion uh, lines there. The word fashion is like so vague too. It's like, are you a stylist? Are you a blogger? Are you a designer? Are you a model? Like what? So like, I think the Midwest, I think the, we could be a really great manufacturing if not just sampling resource for the rest of the country. Uh-huh. Um, maybe, maybe we'd be mills. I don't know. Uh, making fabric. I don't know, but I'm just excited to be exploring it. And I yeah. think it's, it's kind of a risky project, but it's super fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's cool. It's super fun to hear. Um, uh, and it's, you know, like anybody who goes and speaks at a school or anybody who gets involved in a school, um, I think a smart school, uh, will look at anybody's background and accept them if they're doing cool things now. And that's, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. they didn't hire you or bring you on to, you know, Kendall, like as someone who would be, you know, involved in any capacity, whether it's like occasional or whether if you had decided to do something that was like a full time offer, like they didn't care that you didn't have a degree. You were just simply someone in the area who was doing cool stuff. You know, like I've, I've spoken at schools before. They didn't ask me, do you have a degree from somewhere? And it's like, it's amazing. Like that's just such a, I don't know if it's a sign of the times. I think it is. I think it's very much a thing of our current time, but like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really cool for uh, schools to just hear, you know, to hear stories about schools, uh, embracing people, uh, no matter where they came from, as long as they're doing something now and currently that that's impactful and that, you know, means something to people. So, um, and Grand Rapids is, you know, small enough that like, you know, if you're doing something interesting, like it's pretty easy to stand out. Like it doesn't take much. Yeah. And that's a a large part of why I I live here. Not because I want to be a big fish in a small pond, but I think that it's like a playground for people who want to create and make stuff. Yeah. It's a very willing community. Right. People are just so open to anything. Like you want to do something, Mm -hmm. people are game. Um, all right, man. So like totally, uh, kind of changing gears, I guess, going back a little bit, um, to something that's more near and dear to both of us. Uh, the brilliance Mm -hmm. obviously couldn't go through an interview with uh, (laughs) you without getting into this as a whole other topic, but, um, so Ben and I started in, was it 2005? Uh, I think, um, yeah, a site called the brilliance.com and, and, uh, the brilliance grew out of essentially Ben and I's emails between each other. So we would email each other all the time, like a link, and then we'd write back and like, you know, say, 
you know, ha ha, maybe or like nothing at yeah. all or talk about it, whatever. It was just conversational and stuff. Um, and at one point I, I mean, it really, really came out of nowhere, but I just was like, man, we should start a, like a blog or some kind of site where we basically make this stuff public. Cause some email spurred me on to think how funny or in- entertaining we were, you know, it's like this ego thing, I guess, but it was like, I think people might enjoy, enjoy like me and you, like the, uh, the sort of rapport that we've got. And you like kicked back immediately and you're like, what if it was called the brilliance? Ha ha. And I was like, the domain's available. <laughs> and no, we had to buy it. Remember? Yeah. We had yeah, to buy yeah. It from that guy. Right. But it was like, avail- it wasn't like a thing. Oh, it yeah, it yeah, was yeah. for sale. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but uh, man, like, you know, um, what a journey that whole project was, but what's been like, you know, like, what would you say looking back on the brilliance and now we're still doing the brilliance today and obviously one of the most pivotal points of that whole project was we brought Virgil on and it became a you know <clears throat> three of us writing for the site um but man like we had so many cool trips and interviews and just stuff come out of that um what, what were some of the like the, st- the the things that I guess you um I don't know it's such a corny question like what you what have you learned from the brilliance but like ah man I think I actually bring it up quite a bit I mean I think that one thing we learned, and it's interesting because this is pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook. I mean, maybe, yeah, no, it's probably Oh, yeah, definitely Facebook. before Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and everything. I mean, it was... Yeah, so it's like a little bit... So we, I actually programmed the original content management system for it, which actually is the reason why it looks even today like how it does. We kind of thought it was funny to leave it in its mocked-up form, right. which then became kind of its brand. The lessons I learned... Um, you know, your your name, you know, the no pattern name and the Chuck Anderson name prompted a lot of the, the traffic, the original traffic that we got. And and that that gave us a pretty awesome platform to launch from. And then from there, we we you know, I mean we launched the same time Hypebeast launched and we knew we knew Kevin Ma. I haven't talked to him in a while, but and we knew a lot of the other guys doing stuff at High Snobiety and and um, some of those other sites, but I think we all experienced becoming accidental tastemakers. And right. I hate to say, oh, tastemaker or whatever it's called today. But um, we, it was very accidental. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many emails did we get where they were like, hey, uh, you know, swing by our office in Soho tomorrow. We'd love to catch up and meet in person. Right. And we're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Chuck's in Frankfurt and I'm in Grand Rapids. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, well, what? you mean uh, where? people like assuming we were in New York, basically. Because, uh, yeah, right. absolutely. So we constantly had people. And it was funny because all of a sudden you and I were kind of like, man, this is crazy. Like, and this is going to sound corny, but it's like people thought we were cool or that we were interesting. And it's always kind of like you're full of yourself if you start a blog because you think anyone's interested in what you have to say. But it was really a great platform for us to like show our taste and our culture and hone, you know, and hone it and get feedback from people and meet people. And then the interviews, that was like a whole other thing. It's like that was like basically it was like our trick at talking to you know talking to people that we looked up to right now you know, it was like some of the yeah. i mean we have so many good stories from the brilliance and i i, mm-hmm. I know um we'll do a you know eventually do an episode with uh, both you and virgil and so the three of us can talk and we can really get more into yeah. you know like having this type of outlet and then each of our individual outlets and just kind of the internet like all that kind of stuff but um just kind of touching on the early days of the brilliance i mean you know, like you said, the interviews were kind of this whole other thing that we, you and I used almost as like an excuse to meet people that we might not have a reason to meet otherwise. And one of the first (laughs) ones, actually the one that still stands out to me this day, where it was kind of like the, you know, just ask and see what happens sort of thing was with Futura. And, you know, I remember feeling like I had struck gold because somehow, you know, Futura had this sort of really weird, obscure website that had very little information on it, much like his stuff now. I mean, you kind of just 
his stuff just exists kind of in the psyche of art and everything. Like he, you don't go to like the future website and click portfolio. It's like, he doesn't yeah. really need that, you know, <laughs> but like somehow whatever, I, it was still, it was like 2006 and I found an email for him and I reached it's out. He, it's cause he lost his camera. Oh, he was lost that his cam- Yeah. He lost his camera traveling. Oh man. And he said, Hey, if anybody finds my camera, you know, there's some reward. And he had listed his actual personal email. Huh. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I basically reached out and I was like, Hey, we have this site and we'd interviewed some people that were kind of in his circles. I don't know if we'd interviewed uh, a life guys or crink yet or anything, but clearly mm-hmm. we had set ourselves up for, uh, you know, him being in- interested and, I just knew Futura as kind of this iconic art world personality yeah, and grandfather had, of street art. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like you just had, you know, I mean, I, you know, I was what, I mean, how old at the time? 20, you know, mm-hmm. like, and <laughs> I, I didn't know, like he would email me back. I didn't, I didn't know. I was very intimidated, but also very flattered and everything. But we ended up being able to interview Futura and then he interviewed, uh, he, he, uh, led us on to, um, you know, I'm sure we were, we had to have been one of the first interviews with, uh, Timmy's, uh, 13th witness Futura's yep. son, who now obviously is like, huge you know and like we talked to him so early on and and so man like it's just amazing like just to think about the old like this is funny this is like the current day version of like you know talking about the good old days but really like in 2014 if if you're someone who's been kind of had if you're someone who's had a presence at all on the internet pre-facebook or twitter or blogs or whatever then like i feel like you're kind of like an an og of the internet like you've been around like I, it was it's, different. It's, we, we, we're promoting the site on message boards. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. If you, uh, if you, you know, if you wanted news a voice, today or whatever. It was. Yeah, if you wanted a voice on the internet, you had to create the platform and then have the voice. Now the platforms are there for you. You know, right? Like, That's a good point. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just fascinating. And so, I just think like uh, <laughs> there's just so many interesting things. But I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about and bring up was the travel that came out of doing the yeah, brilliance and all the Seattle. stories we got. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, recently, just in the past few months, so at one point we uh, got in touch with, uh, um, shoot, I'm blanking. Who, who did we well, re- originally get in touch with, with Ace Hotel? No, well, how that one happened is I made that post, if you remember, about the yeah, Ace Hotel. Right, you know, we right. would just find hotels we liked, and I found this one. And I made some joke in the post. They had just opened. I mean, like, I feel like it was like a month in. That's probably why I found some news article or something. And I made some posts that they had original cause artwork on the walls and that yeah, if, right. we, if we ever stayed there, we would steal it or something like <laughs> yeah, as yeah, a joke. Yeah. So then uh, this, this guy from New York emailed us because this is like how the internet used to work. You know, there's none at replies or anything like that. This guy emails us and says, hey, been reading your guys' site for a while. Love it. I didn't know about the Ace Hotel. Just booked a room there as I'm traveling from New York to Seattle. So this is, you know, we're like young kids and we're like, wow, this is crazy. So we forward this to the PR people at Ace or just an email address we found on their website, Alex Calderwood himself emails us back and is like, you guys should come visit. I'd love to be down. I'd love to do an interview with you guys. <laughs> you know, like, and we're like, I remember calling you and I'm like, this is crazy. So he like puts us up in these two amazing rooms, drove us around to dinner, like took us out at night, got me like way too drunk. And, uh, and then like the next day we did the interview with him and he introduced us to a bunch of other people. I mean, he really gave us like his blessing, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, that, but the whole thing, it's like we were getting on planes and like flying around and going to like, he gave us the two biggest rooms you can get, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and we were being treated, you know, in Seattle by Alex himself, you know, taking us around. And we were very young. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, every, you know, everything was was awesome <laughs> yeah and it's crazy it's a weird thing right now you know fast forwarding uh alex calderwood actually just 
very unfortunately uh, i don't yeah. want to make this be sad or anything but did uh, he passed away just a few months ago and um i mean i was just it was pretty pretty you texted me about it i think and uh, yeah, it was pretty it was shocking yeah it was very shocking and very sad because uh probably one of the most um just like bright creative talented minds working in design and working in uh you know, I say design and with him, it's a very broad sense because he was designing mm-hmm. hotels and, and picking out the right locations for the ACE and like just, you know, just Rudy's, Rudy's Barbershop. Yeah. I mean, the, I whole, mean, the grunge, the grunge scene. That, yeah. That, just uh, yeah. did so many things well. Um, so, um, certainly want to, like, I guess, pay our respects to him and, and yeah, just, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of good memories, you know, from that trip in Seattle and just had, um, an amazing time with him. And he basically was our host for the weekend and, and yeah. showed us around. And that was my first time in Seattle. And, and, um, but man, like, it's just, it's wild to think about, like, ultimately, like bringing this up and touching on this stuff and talking about that trip and everything. I just kind of want to say in terms of, you know, anybody, you know, who's listening, I mean, Ben and I basically started a website and yes, it was in 2005 and like, yes, we at the, you know, it was right place, right time. And it's maybe a little harder to just kind of like do that and get people interested now, you know, but regardless, like you and I, Ben have always kind of talked about this stupid little quote that it's basically, if you do something, something will happen. That's the quote. (laughs) Quote, If you do something, something will happen. That's it. And I think that Seattle trip was like the perfect embodiment, like basically having you know, started a website, the brilliance, and then like, you know, following up on an email and then, you know, forwarding it over to the press people and stuff. Like we didn't have any plans. Like there was nothing planned. There was nothing expected. We I didn't, no yeah, I didn't, I did not think I was going to end up in Seattle, right. you know, three weeks later. Right. And, and I think that's the thing, like with all this stuff we're talking about, like, I mean, you didn't know any of that programming stuff you did as a kid would contribute to like stuff that you're doing now or like whatever. But really at the end of the day, like just kind of the theme of, uh, you know, tr- trying stuff because you just have no idea where it's going to lead is just like, mm-hmm. you can't, I, I feel like I can't overstate that. Like I could never say it enough. And it's, the, it's basically what this podcast and this project is. It's what the brilliance was. It's what, you know, boxed water was when you start, it's just like, who knows, like maybe no one's going to like it, but I can't live with myself not knowing, you know, Absolutely. what's going to happen. So, um, I mean, you know, I, I mean, would you say that that's kind of like every project that you go into? It's just like, yeah, I think, well, at this point in my life, it's like, it's almost like it's so ingrained in me. Um, like interesting example, and this may be a bit cliche or, or almost corny. It's like, um, I just always really wanted to learn how to DJ. And I think it's definitely like overblown right now. I mean, everybody's a DJ or something like that, but I, I listened to a lot of mixes and stuff. So I was like, I, w- I want to learn how to do this just for the sake of learning how to do it so I can play around at my house. I didn't really have any intention of, of doing parties or playing in front of people or anything like that. And if you do something, something will happen. So I'm like learning how to do it. I kind of learned really rough on some tractor iPad app and I'm coming back and I'm walking past my favorite, uh, one of my favorite bars downtown here in Grand Rapids. I've been going to forever bar Devani and I know the manager really well and I've been going there forever. And he's like, Hey man, we're trying to do a new night. Um, do you, you want to play some music or I know you throw parties every once in a while with your friends, but do you know, do you play music or anything like DJ or anything? And I was like, uh, it's funny you ask. I've just been playing around with it and I wasn't good enough to do it in front of people yet. So I said, Hey, yeah, let's do it. Uh, you know, in a few months, you know, a few weeks or four weeks or five weeks. And I just every day would practice, you know, a little DJ set and, and, and I learned and I bought some equipment and stuff and, and I did it. And what's led to is like new friends and like, and like a new experiment, I don't want to be a DJ. I was talking to Virgil about this the other day. I was like, I'm DJing, but I don't want to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
but it's like a new thing to do. Right. And I did a, we did a party last weekend, me and my friend Adishola, who used to actually be my intern, but now it's just a really close friend. And it was like the most fun I've had in months going out and playing music that everybody wanted to hear, uh, that we wanted to hear and, and, uh, doing something new. And it's like, it could have totally not worked. And you know what? That's okay. Like I would have been fine with that. Yeah. But at least I tried something new and sure enough, it ended up being really fun. It's not really like financially motivated at all. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things too, is like, you know, when you got a project that you're excited about and you're not financially motivated about it, like those projects are like, I mean, that's to me, like what kind of makes, uh, I don't know. Those like, those are the joys in life, I guess, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's like, you know, cheesy to say, but I mean, there's just something that brings so much happiness in a project that's like not about the money and like yeah. just doing it because it's purely fun for you and who knows what you're in for each time. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean like, that's so cool. And uh, you know, it's the same again with like the brilliance and stuff and we had no idea and it just, it spurred on and, and you and I traveled separately, um, you know, together to New York at one point and that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, um, a brilliance thing. It was, I was speaking out there and you came with me and everything, but like, you know, because of doing the brilliance, like we'd had some, met some people already. And then we hung out with those people there mm-hmm. and like just had a great time and everything. And, and again, like you just have no idea. And so I would, I'm basically like at this point when I'm, you know, in this conversation, just thinking like, you know, uh, encourage, want to encourage people like who may be thinking about, starting something and are hesitant to stop being hesitant and just do it. Like, I mean, like, yeah. And try and find, and try and find the easiest way to get it started. If you right. want to, don't want to start it. some, yeah. If you want to start something really massive, figure out an easy way to test it. I mean, that's how like the whole venture capital thing I'm doing right now is like things go from an idea to a project. If you're lucky, they go to a business and if you're super lucky, they go to a, a profitable business, right. but just start off with that idea part, tinker around, play with it a little bit and, and don't overthink it, Yeah, but just totally. do it. Try it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Try it. And don't quit your day job either. Just have fun with, with it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think the goal is to have those types of things be something that's fun to you, even if you have to stay up late or even if it's on the weekend or a Sunday afternoon yeah. or like whenever, you know, just in your spare time, like, you know, those are the things that kind of like eventually turn into the most unexpected, exciting things. And I interviewed Benny Gold uh, earlier and, and it was the same thing with yeah. him. Like, you know, he just had so much success based on doing stuff that was just fun for him. And next thing he knows, he's running this super successful brand and he never made plans for that, you know? So there's, I mean, man, I, I could do, just do an entire podcast series like around the concept of like, you know, a happy mistake, like what turned into yeah. something else, you know, but, um, Absolutely. yeah. So, um, kind of the last thing I want to talk about, but definitely one of the most important things to both of us, um, and kind of coming off the heels of talking about the brilliance and the interviews that we did. Um, there's a lot of people who, uh, have been very influential in your life. Um, whether mm-hmm. they're friends, whether they're, you know, designers, people you've never met, I mean, whatever. Um, and <laughs> me and you always talk about, um, sort of the cliche corny, uh, interviews on the, on the internet with designers and stuff. And there's always, always, always the question that just simply says, what's your inspiration slash who inspires you? And like, I hate that question because without any other context or setup, it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like there's not a yeah. really good answer, but, um, kind of throwing out a couple people in particular and then to kind of like talk about like some of the things you admire and why you admire them. Um, you know, like who, who, who are some people that just like have just left such an impression on you, uh, in your life, um, on an artistic and creative level, like people who, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, I guess are always kind of in your mind as someone who you look at as like, they're getting it right. They do, they do it right. 
Yeah, it's like there's like three. It's almost like there's like three types of people that um, you could list. You know, it's like there's your some random friend that you really enjoy spending time with that inspires you, but may, might not be very interesting to talk about in this interview. You know, and I'm I'm lucky to have those. I'm also lucky to have this like other tier of friends. It's like you, uh, you know, you and Virgil. But like we could talk about like you. It's like how lucky are we that our friends do interesting stuff? Sometimes I can't believe like how all my friends are always doing something interesting. It's mm-hmm. like I feel like so lucky. But to have why? Because you're, you know, how, how much younger? Like four years younger than me? Yeah. Just three. Yeah, I'll be. Four. Yeah, I'm 28 now. So yeah, we're like four. Okay. Years. So like watching your journey to success, the first time you were in Accelerator Magazine, I remember going and getting that. But then handling the success was always something I really admired that you did. And uh, I don't want to turn this into some like Hallmark interview ender thing here. But like I think that you know you're really fortunate to hang around people that do inspiring stuff and then you're really fortunate if you get to ask them personal questions and and hang out with them on a personal level too and not talk about work cuz we actually when you and I hang about this is probably the most we've ever talked about work ever <laughs> probably you know it's like is, is it, yeah yeah it's like this interview but so when you get to know someone you get to see behind the scenes of how they think and how they work it becomes even more inspiring because you kind of have some insight into how they did it. Right. Um, the other person, and, and apparently now this is just like a brilliance thing for me. It's like, I mean, Virgil, the, the way we met, you know, he was just a kid emailing us saying, hey, I want to write on the brilliance. And we were actually at the time getting a lot of those emails. And we ended up just chatting more. I, I can't even remember all the details. Maybe he can remember a little bit better. But, maybe um, maybe I'll give some context on Virgil too because we've brought him up a few times. Yeah, but if anybody's sorry, listening yeah, and doesn't for, know like kind of who Virgil Abloh yeah, Vir- is. Vir- yeah, Virgil Abloh um, it, you know, genius designer in structural engineering, industrial design, architecture. That's kind of what he was formally trained in. He always joked that he had enough degrees for both of us. And uh, when he he joined the Brilliance uh, in 2007, maybe, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And um, shortly after that, or actually right around then, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly the timing. He started working for Kanye and is now the creative director for Donda, really is a creative director for Kanye, but has so many of his own projects. You know, if you go all the way back to like Super Fun and then Pyrex Vision, which people are familiar with, which is now off white, and so many other things. I mean, he's the designer for Hood by Air, which a lot of people, you know, in terms of the graphics, like he, so I don't know, you could talk about him forever. But, but, you know, when we actually get together, we don't actually talk a lot about that. We were just hanging out at the uh, Flostradamus show not too long ago and we email and stuff still. But um, he's become kind of this iconic character of creativity. Right. And to get, and to have gotten to know him maybe before. Uh, fame. I, I don't know if he would even be comfortable with calling it that. But and and his wife and his friends and to you know to be parts of his life. You know he's inspiring because I just like his approach is so it's relentless. That's yeah, like one absolutely. way to say it. it's like completely relentless yeah. and so tasteful, right. like so tasteful. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so like why in Ventrill, like his DJ group and all those kids. You know, and I'm friends with a lot of the kids in the DJ group too. The Ventrill thing. But but Verge is like I don't know. Like I feel like we're lucky. We got lucky because we started a blog. It resonated with him. We met him. You know, we're friends. We're, you know, I just thought that was just like the coolest thing. So I'm, I'm inspired by him. I'm, you know, I'm still to this day inspired by you and your work and the things you've done. And then it continues to progress. Um, and that you just did it. You know, I think the other thing that's inspiring in people, and this is where I'll go into the, the second person that's super inspiring or the third, is um, one thing that you've done is like you found out you wanted to be a designer. And that I think from some of the conversations we've had, uh, it's probably going to be the trajectory for the rest of your life that you know of, right? Mm-hmm. Is like designing things. Maybe it's designing a podcast, but you are a visual artist. Right. And I think right. that that's fascinating with some, because like a lot of people, you know, going back to what I do, it's like I'm doing a little bit of venture capital. I have this uh, boxed water company, which is, you know, consumer packaged goods. I'm doing a little bit of fashion. 
I'm playing around with some music stuff. Like I'm, you know, it's very all over the board. Creativity plays into all of it, but it's very all over the board. People like you, and then my other one is like Steve Jobs. Like in his Stanford commencement speech, he admits he's like, "I'm lucky. I found out what I wanted to do really early in life." And that never resonated with me until you really realize that like people who find out what they want to do early in life, stick to it and stay with it, are 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 very fortunate people. And it's, I think it's really hard to do that too. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to like stick with whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. So and then yeah, I mean it's like it's very cliche, but the Steve Jobs thing. I was actually a big fan of Apple before I used Apple products because <laughs> uh, when I was programming, I was you know I was using a PC at the time because of the language I was writing in. But um, uh, I mean, what can you say about him? My favorite quote from him still though is like somebody asked him. What out of all of the Apple products he made, what was your favorite invention? And he said his favorite invention was the, app, the company Apple that he had invented. He, that he had invented something that could invent a bunch of other things. Yeah. And I thought that was like you know I mean that was an I think that's a quote that comes from like wisdom, old age. You know he wasn't old, but but like that kind of thing. So I don't know. I just find those guys like when I'm when I'm low on inspiration, go watch. I mean, you can watch a lot of different ones, but go watch the introduction to the original iPhone. I mean, it was just, I remember the brilliance post that we, that we did at the time. It was just unbelievable. It was totally unbelievable. We'll have to bring up a couple old posts and like read through them, kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, do like a commentary on like looking back and stuff because there's so much good stuff. But man, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I feel like Steve Jobs is such a universally, you know, but I, I, I've always known that you've had a particular kind of affinity for him and, and everything. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's cool when you know someone better and they particularly find someone fascinating and inspiring, like, you know, how you as a friend kind of see that bleed into what they do and their their work and their approach to life and everything. Um, and some of the other, some of the other people that, you know, you and I have always kind of tossed around, you know, that have been really inspiring. Like I know you and I, um, used to just have a, a total obsession with all things, a bathing ape and, and Oh yeah. Nego and Nego. Yeah. And like, Absolutely. if you could find anything on the internet in 2005 about a bathing ape, like you feel, you felt like you'd kind of stumbled upon this really weird it was corner. Extremely of, hard. Very, yeah. Extremely yeah concept hard. shop and all those, like the Hong Kong, like, you know, all that stuff. And just lo-fi internet like bathing ape didn't really exist on at the time at least to me especially as like a kid in the suburbs as anything other than this curiosity and this fascination and stuff and and uh so i mean do you still find uh nego and bathing ape and all that kind of stuff from that time period to be inspiring or more of like the thought and the history behind it and stuff yeah no i still i think it's inspiring still today i mean it's fascinating that after the sale of the company that it still um has uh, the mystique and the following, I think that's a testament to what Nego made. I think, you know, you can't create, you can't just make that overnight. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Nego, now he's created, he's doing creative direction for Uniqlo, like a specific line at Uniqlo. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Uniqlo stuff. And, um, yeah, I think, I mean, he's Peter Pan. Like he's the only person I really know that that's a real actual, I mean, maybe him and Richard Branson, but like really though, Nego is like Peter Pan. Like he's like, I'm not going to grow up and maybe Pharrell, but he's like, I'm not going to grow up. I'm going to make this crazy house, which apparently now is a museum that you can go through. I, I, it would be fun to go there. But it's yeah. like, I'm going to collect this crazy stuff. I'm going to, you know, I love his, his obsession with organization. I mean, I, it was almost surreal when you're, when, when, you're, when you're a Midwestern kid and probably when you're from the coast too. His world and the, and the cars and the garage with the teak floor and the glass and the stores by Mashimichi Katayama. I mean, it was just, I remember just slowly discovering that and just, I mean, it didn't even seem real. Yeah, and I actually, I, I mean, I bought like that one Bape hoodie that I couldn't really wear it, and then I know you had a couple T-shirts, and I only had that one, the hand screen printed piece by him, which is like probably one of my most cherished kind of pieces of art I have in my home. But um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the guy's like 
imagination beyond what you could ever imagine. Yeah. And then two other ones I know that just have had kind of interesting kind of impacts on both you and I are just people that we thought were really cool is both Justin Saunders as Jound yeah. and Cause as well. Cause is K-A-W-S for anybody who isn't either familiar mm-hmm. or not really sure what to look up or whatever. But And then Jound is J-J-J-J-O-U-N-D.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like, you know, just both of those guys, like on very different notes and stuff but like it was kind of a a work ethic thing that inspired me about both of them like it was just like the Mm -hmm. the constant the consistency both you know both in their own right just constantly doing their own thing like causes work has been just such a huge inspiration to you know both you and i for such a long time and and then justin as well with what he's done with john and stuff has just been super cool to watch like just the most perfectly curated kind of um simplicity you know in a website when and with images and stuff that that there is and I know, uh, you know, but I just, I feel like I wanted to touch on like Virgil, mm-hmm. him, cause Nego, Steve jobs, kind of like some of the ones that have been staples. I yeah. Feel that like was like that era. And I think you could like, you could throw Pharrell in there too. I think, I mean, yeah. you could throw Kanye in there. I mean, yeah, I feel like I could put Kanye in there. Kanye's like this over, you know, it's like his story's not done yet. I think I'm not saying the other people's stories are done, but his still being shaped so much right now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's funny to bring like, I, I, you know, Justin and I actually really only know each other kind of by email and occasionally mailing stuff back and forth with product or whatever it might be but um i don't even know how to describe it yet and i don't know how to describe exactly i think some of it is like and i found out about him through virgil virgil made a post whenever he made a post about that and virgil's pretty close with him and i just think that if you were kind of from that internet era which pre-tumblr uh, right as found was actually coming out that whole story i don't know i just justin by is amazing and i love the simplicity of his site i love his little shop that he has online too uh, i like the quietness that he kind of has around the things he does, it's, it's a mystery is always, is, is always kind of fun. And I think that that mystery plays into what Nego and Cause had too. It's like, it was really tough to find out. There was no interviews with Cause really. And there was really no interviews with Nego. Now he's they're kind of highly accessible people. But yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, Cause is like, what can you say? It's like, you know, when we were in Seattle, we were lucky enough to see some of the original pieces that, um, that uh, Alex has. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty crazy to see them. Really, really early stuff that Cause did. Right. Um, so that was cool, but yeah, I mean, I, I could go on about them forever. (laughs) Well, that's definitely kind of like towards the end of uh, the stuff I wanted to, I was like, there's a handful of things I have them on my notes here. I have like the most messy two pages of crazy notes here for this interview, but those are definitely all like the, the people like that came to mind just immediately. I mean, there's so many more people that I know impacted you know both you and i or had a big yeah. role in the story of the brilliance and all that stuff but those are some of the people that were kind of immediate like came to mind in terms of just like i guess got to cover those people but um man i feel like uh we're like uh, yeah we're at like an hour and 15 minutes right now so i feel like that's nice. a good <laughs> that's a good spot oh, i, I yeah, want to like go go, go too too long but mm-hmm. um yeah man like you know i don't know i, I want to you know i always like to kind of leave the end for uh the you know person i'm interviewing to just you know say anything or anything you want to like uh promote or talk about or whatever and if not that's cool too you know whatever whatever you got at this point man i'll I'll just keep it simple it's like life and limb is like this new project it's like another new thing right like constantly it's like whether it's uh you know starting box water or you starting no pattern it's like this constant thing that's the one thing i'm like the luckiest thing in the world the friends i have constantly starting new things and then when you get to participate in them it's like even cooler. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're emailing someone, you know, I'm on the same tweet this morning with Benny Gold. And it's like, I look up to him. I look up to his work. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, here I am the same day being interviewed and that I'm like ultra flattered that I get to do that. And then it's crazy because it's your project. I don't know. It just all swirls into itself. And it's, it's really cool to have an opportunity to just, well, and, and the other weird part is like you and I have long friendship and here we are like having an interview. Yeah. However many years later, I probably wouldn't have expected this to happen. Yeah, totally. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, any, uh, like, uh, website stuff you want to, or like your Twitter or any of that, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my name is just at Benjamin Edgar on all. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, just it, at. Is that your MySpace too? Yeah. Okay. And my, and, uh, and my kick, like <laughs> my side. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I just see it on Instagram. You can Snapchat uh, Ben. I've actually never want. downloaded that app. I okay. should try that. Um, <laughs> you should. No. Yeah. Just at, yeah, I'm, I tweet about stuff, I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, you still I have the Instagram picture I took more. of you for your uh, picture too, right? In my, in my uh, old office. Yeah. I, in fact, I use that like for everything. That's yeah. like the go-to picture. <laughs> I All still right. look the same. All right, dude. Well, good, uh, good interview. Good, good, solid, uh, good, solid talk. Great work. <laughs> really good job. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for doing this, and I appreciate it. And I know um, Ben and I are going to be uh, doing more interviews in the future, whether it's just him and I, or whether Ben maybe comes on as a guest host. I've actually talked about doing uh, guest host type things where I have maybe someone on fun. who you know, knows a little bit more about, you know, some other person or whatever that would make for a more kind of interesting interview. So you will definitely be hearing more of Ben in the future. And I know you and I will be talking more and stuff about, um, I don't know, other things. I'll maybe email you a, a cool website after this interview. and A very, a very cool website, <laughs> a very cool gift. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's a wrap. That's that. All right. <laughs> I never know how to end these things. Like this is still going. This is gonna stay in, and uh, I just—it's always like, all right. Well, nice to talk to you. Sayonara. <laughs> I should—I could just hang up right now. Do it. I think it'd actually be really funny. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>